Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verse 20 through 32, the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6 through 15, the gospel according to Luke, chapter 11, verse 1 through 13, and Psalm 138. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts always be acceptable to you, O Lord. Amen. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. These words sound so encouraging, so reassuring, so comforting. Why did I inwardly groan and wish someone else were preaching today? (laughs) These words on the surface make it sound so easy, so straightforward. But many of us have experienced that relationships seldom are. And prayer is definitely about relationship with God, with ourselves, with others and the expectations we bring to these relationships. Some of us may feel as if we've been praying all our lives. We might be recalling the first prayers we learned at bedtime or saying grace with our family, or ones we learned at church or at a religiously affiliated school or camp. One of the things I love most about children's liturgy is when we talk about prayer requests The children are very eager and very forthcoming in their requests, and they are straight from the heart. There's no hesitancy. Maybe prayers for a a dear friend or for a relative who has died or for a beloved pet that is struggling. But there's no questioning about the depth of their prayers. I remember decades ago, and I mean a number of decades ago, at bedtime, it was before the first day of school, when my son and his friends were entering a new classroom. And my then very young son prayed fervently that his best friend wouldn't get picked on and shoved and end up on his tush. It was a very specific prayer and it was very heartfelt. Yet in our journeys, things happen. As a child, I walked to a nearby church And as a teenager, I was part of a church youth group, part of a church choir, part of um, staff on a camp that had a religious affiliation. There were daily opportunities for worship at that camp. And I felt very close to God as a young person. Prayer would flow naturally, especially in that beautiful chapel, in the woods, on the mountains. Prayer would flow naturally. But sometimes in our younger years, things seem to fall apart. And that summer, I drifted away from any faith community. Some of you may have experienced similar stories in your life or witnessed it in young people you love. Fast forward a number of years, and I'm a young adult working, visiting New York City with a friend. My friend happened to share that their grandmother was having surgery that day. And it was to be a simple procedure, oral surgery. 
we were walking past one of the glorious churches in New York City, and on impulse, I wanted to go in and offer a prayer for my friend's grandmother. So we stopped, and I did. And I can still remember the dim lighting, the coolness of the space, and the comfort in kneeling in prayer. Very soon after that, we learned that something had gone terribly wrong, and my friend's grandmother had died, died very suddenly and unexpectedly. It was a total shock to everyone, and there was deep grieving. And while my rational mind knew that none of this, none of this had any connection with my simple prayer, it was a very, very long time before I prayed again. Maybe you've encountered unexpected moments in your life that seem to challenge your faith in new ways, challenge your sense of God's love, your worthiness, your relationships. If not, perhaps you've seen someone else in the struggle. I didn't consciously think of prayer as being scary or anything. I just didn't think about it. I didn't think about it. Years later, I was pregnant with my son, and there were questions, concerns about the pregnancy. And I found myself lying in bed in the dark one night, trying to stitch together some humble prayer, starting with, I don't know, God, if you're there, but wanting so desperately for my child to live. Prayers tumbling out in the dark and silence of night can sometimes overcome our daytime resistance. Maybe you found yourself in the midst of a sleepless night, found yourself unexpectedly in prayer. My son was born and he thrives today, but at birth and in his early years, he needed multiple surgeries. So many hours spent in the pediatric surgical waiting room, feeling so helpless and trying to be hopeful and feeling afraid to pray. If there was a God, I wasn't sure that I wanted to be visible to that God. I certainly wasn't sure that God loved me or loved my son or that we wanted the same things. My desires were simple. I loved my son and wanted him to live and be healthy. Maybe you've had that experience of something being so overwhelmingly important to you that you've tried to make all the best decisions and control everything you possibly can, and you're unwilling to entrust anything else to anyone else, even God. As you may have heard me share before, it was a couple years after my son was born that I first came to this church here at the invitation of Linda and Andrew Jurgens, who were my neighbors at the time. And I found myself very uncomfortable in this church. I mean, there were people praying. And I found myself puzzled by the degree of my discomfort. Linda suggested I speak to the rector, who was Jim Hennessian at the time, and I did. And that began a journey in spiritual direction, a journey in contemplative prayer, and the use of verses from Paul's letter to the Romans that I might say as a mantra until I was ready to pray. 
that was the beginning of opening me to the, the experience of Jesus' love, palpable, present, enduring. It hasn't been all smooth sailing in the decades that followed. Being human, we experience heartbreak, frustration, doubt. But from that point on, I could not deny the constancy of God's presence, God's love. At times, I could witness myself leaning into that relationship and at times see myself turning a little bit aside, but no longer feeling there was any need to hide or turn away. So I share these stories as an invitation for each of us to look at our own experiences. We are all unique individuals and at different times, through different experiences, we may have a vastly different sense of God, of ourselves, of how we are connected with God and each other. Our relationship with God and with prayer may shift significantly over time. And what I have come to appreciate is that invariable, invariably, we are the ones doing the shifting. We are the ones moving. God is steadfast. We may create distance with God out of fear, out of confusion, doubt, shame, any of countless emotions, feelings. But it is us who is creating the distance, not God. And we move closer to God when we simply accept God's love. Accept that we are loved just as we are when we are able to express love to God and to each other. Over these many years, as a priest now, as a spiritual director before that, as just a person who was deeply involved in lay leadership roles in this place, I've heard of so many struggles that individuals experience with prayer. Questions on how to pray, how to find the words to pray, what is okay to pray for? Questions about praying when we hear the words, I don't want any more thoughts and prayers, I want action. What if I pray for something and it doesn't happen? Then I've not only not received an answer to my prayers, I'll lose my faith in God. Prayer can feel like very serious business. But Jesus gives us a primer in praying today. Our gospel lesson today may seem so very straightforward, and it is, but its deeper meaning can be glossed over because of the familiarity of the words. In Luke's gospel, one of the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And Jesus responds, giving them the words they might use. In Luke's gospel, the prayer is a little abbreviated from what is shown in Matthew's gospel. Matthew's gospel more fully aligns with the Lord's prayer that we say at every service. But Luke touches on all the key points. It's almost like an executive summary. God as Father, with reverence to God and the coming of God's kingdom. And Jesus teaches the disciples, teaches us to ask for what we need, sustenance, our daily bread, forgiveness as we forgive others, and preservation, 
deliverance from evil. Jesus, by example, is telling his disciples, telling us to keep it simple. There's no need for flowery words or grandiose concepts. Just ask for what we need. Then the lesson continues with stories Jesus shares, stories that would have been understood in the culture and customs of those times, that no one would consider sending their friend away. It just wasn't done. But Jesus is using the story to make the point that we need to be persistent, persistent in our prayer, persistent in what we ask for. And we need to ask for what we need like to bold need. Because we quickly can get into the next verses that can feel a little bit like a setup for misunderstanding. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Some of us might quickly find ourselves thinking about prayers that we have made that didn't feel as if they were heard or answered. Prayers for ourselves or for a loved one who was ill. Prayers for a family's well-being. Prayers for a roof over our heads. Prayers for a job. Prayers to be able to put food on the table. Prayers for peace and goodwill among all people. Prayers for the end of a pandemic. Imagine that. Prayers for injustice. Prayers for safety. These are not whimsical prayers, but so frequently the door might not feel open. We might wonder, is anyone listening? But Jesus brings his meaning home to us in the last line of today's reading. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask and it will be given to you. The Holy Spirit is present. Search and you will find. The Holy Spirit is with us. Knock and the door will be open for you. The Holy Spirit will guide us. There are no barriers to God's presence except the ones we build. Having been privileged to be with people in all different kinds of circumstances, this understanding of Jesus's message feels very true, very real. In every difficult situation I've been privileged to witness, the Holy Spirit has been present, is always present, will be present. We simply need ask, search, knock, open the door. I invite each of us to reflect on our journeys and our relationship with God, our journeys through prayer. Reflect on who taught us to pray and our very first prayers. Reflect on how we saw God 
and the shifts that have occurred as we have grown through the years. How have our relationships changed with God and with each other? As with any relationship we cherish, how might we nurture this relationship, this relationship with God and ourselves in prayer? How might we deepen in our relationship with God and with each other as a community of faith through prayer? Ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Or in Paul's words to the Romans, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.